You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, the official podcast of the Coastal LA Singles Ministry, where our focus is reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. You guys having a good time worshiping tonight? Guys, this has been an incredible time of worship, and I'm so, so grateful for all of you and all of your hearts to be able to worship God. You know, today we are not just going to be worshiping God and singing, but we're going to be worshiping God as we hear the Word of God preached. Amen? And uh, tonight I have the privilege of announcing our guest speaker all the way from the North River Church in Atlanta, Jeff Hickman. Amen? Awesome. You know, Jeff, Jeff was baptized as a single professional in a in the AMS ministry before it was called Turning Point. That, that was in 1996. Three years later, he married his bride, Christy, in 1999. They currently have two daughters, age 16 and 14, and they served on the L.A. staff for 10 years working with the singles ministry and have currently been serving as an evangelist in the North River Church, working with the singles for the last 12 years. And uh, that means 22 years working with single ministries. Amen? So I am super grateful. I believe we have the right speaker for the right time here for Catalyst in 2019. Let's give a warm Catalyst welcome to Jeff Hickman. Amen? Amen. It's good to be here with my family. SoCal. Back in Southern California. Man, I love being in Southern California. Spent a lot of good years in Southern California. A lot of great things happened for me in Southern California. Uh, so it is good to be back. Great to see some familiar faces. And, uh, you know, but hey, I'm ready to just dive into the Word of God. Amen. And just kind of really, uh, I want to engage with you uh, this evening. And, uh, you know, Catalyst for Change. That's the kind of the message title uh, that I've been given. Excuse me, I'm going to move some stuff around. I hope this is all right, man. I don't know. Is this all right, man? I got to get a little bit closer to this thing right here. All right, there we go. I'm with family. Is that cool? Can I do this or this way? Thank you. Is this good? Because uh, it helps me to kind of. All right, thank you. <laughs> uh, amen. So it's all about change. And, and uh, I noticed on the on the, uh, the the website that you have Romans chapter 12. Uh, on there. And, and, you know, my study Bible has a little bit different translation. I know that you're familiar with it, but I like the way it's put, you know, and quit being so concerned about keeping up with the fads and fashions of the present age. Rather, concentrate on letting your character undergo a metamorphosis by the renewing of your mind in order that you might be able to evaluate and ascertain what the will of God is, that which is good pleasing and ideal. What do you think about that? Concentrate on letting your character undergo a metamorphosis. Don't you like it when your character changes? When you see God move and God work? And he will do it again, right? He makes a way out of no way, right? We just sang about it, but do we really believe it? And like Steve talked about, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for Steve and Charlie inviting me here. And uh, they're, they, I, We've put them through a lot. Missed flights, craziness, Wife barely made it on stage. 
Wow, I, I got all new respect for my wife. You, you don't even understand the fact that she, she didn't even have a shower. She didn't even have makeup on. She got out of the car, went in the bathroom, put some clothes on, came up here and preached. I said, amen. Uh, I don't know. What, amen. Much respect. Much respect. Um, and so here I am in front of you, and, and I don't know what your needs are. Who am I? I'm a man. I'm a, I'm a man who tries my best to walk with God, stay connected to the vine. It would be incredibly arrogant of me to just assume I know what the needs are for this particular ministry. And, uh, and so I'm not going to do that. But, but I am here. And God's Spirit brought me here. And, and so what I feel like I would like to do is I would like to share some of the things that I have actually seen in uh, some singles ministries around the world. And I've been able to travel, uh, my wife and I and some of the staff at North River, and we have actually been able to see some different uh, singles ministries around the world, Trinidad, Costa Rica, the U.K., New York, other places in the United States. And I'm not saying this to be like I'm, I'm all that. I'm just saying they invited us. You know what I mean? And so, amen, I accept the invitation. But here's the reason they invite. What's going on? We want to build a singles ministry. How, 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 do, how did you guys do it? Or let's brainstorm. Let's pray. Let's talk about what you did and, and so I've been in these conversations for many, many years, and I've seen singles ministries do great, not so great, in the middle, and I'm kind of coming to some conclusions about singles ministries, because I keep hearing them, these things from around the world. And, and I'm convinced that a big problem is that many disciples of Jesus, they look back to their conversion as the time of their most important spiritual growth, and yet they fail to perceive or believe in what the Holy Spirit wants to do in them right now and wants to do through them right now. And I see it over and over again where I go. And, and you, you notice it. It's, it's like, hey, man, tell me about your life and tell me about yourself. And it's, yeah, man, I was, I was caught up in this and I was caught up in that, but God changed me and I got baptized. Amen. And that's great, right? Paul shared his conversion multiple times, right? But the challenge is oftentimes in, in these ministries, there's not a story about what's going on now. And it's like you're saying the same story, but it's always looking back to what God did when you were converted as if the Holy Spirit just decided to close up shop in your life. Right? You were promised the indwelling of God's spirit, but once you got him, he, came, he became your roommate, but then you stopped hanging out. And you rarely see him. And, and I see that over and over again, and I think, what is going on? Have we neglected the power of the spirit in our lives? And, and, and hey, there, I had a lot of catalysts. You know, people that affected change in my life and things that affected change in my conversion, and I am grateful. Are you grateful for the people that helped you, the things that happened, that transpired? I was thinking about it, you know, putting this together. I'm like, I was at a coffee shop just hanging out, right? And these, like, Steve and Carrie Lounsbury walked in, you know? And uh, this guy named Owen Thomas walked in. And uh, Owen played basketball in college, right? Light-skinned brother, right? God was fishing. He knew he had the bait right there for me, right? But here they, they invite me out. Totally weird. I don't know these people. But they invited me to a Bible discussion. What is, who does that? In Southern California, in Manhattan Beach, right? Where I was living. And so that was weird to me, but it had an impact on me. 
right? First Peter three, always be prepared to give an answer, right? For those that ask you, I, that was, that was modeled for me. That was a catalyst for me in my conversion. What about the word of God? You know, I didn't go to that Bible discussion that they invited me to right away. It took me a few months, but I finally showed up. And I remember that night they shared first Corinthians nine about don't you know that everyone runs a race, but you need to run the race to win the, the race. And I was like, a sports metaphor for me. Of all the scriptures in the Bible, I walk into a, a person, I don't know who these people are. And I'm surrounded by 15 people, I don't know who they are. And the Bible verse that night was a sports metaphor. I have never looked back from that night. I'm telling you that it's... The power of the word of God. What a catalyst. It, it got me thinking, wait a minute, am I living my life aimlessly? This guy, Paul, he's, he's got it on straight. Man, I want to know more. The power of the word of God. And then I saw the relationships of the folks in the church blew my mind. Owen, hey, hey, Jeff, we're going to go encourage this sister at her job. Okay, right? <laughs> And, hey, I, I'm going to make her some French toast. Wow, bro, that's... So you like this girl? Or, like, what's going on, man? And, no, man, we just, I just want to encourage you. She's my sister, you know? Okay. Where does she work? She works at a restaurant. Bro, <laughs> why are we making food take to a girl who works at a restaurant, bro? Didn't make any sense to me, but we did it. She was encouraged. Amen. Or she was faking and a good actress because we were in AMS. But I don't know. Amen. No, I think she was encouraged. But those those relationships blew my mind. People not trying to manipulate one another. Not always just trying to put the best foot forward. John 13, 34. The love, right? People will know that you're my disciples. That I experienced that at my conversion. You know what else I experienced? I, I kind of gave myself up to a process, right? I didn't know really what was going on. I sit down in a Bible study. Hey, man. Let, I want to share some studies with you to help you in your life. Okay, right? Uh, go ahead. I, I didn't really know what was going to happen. What did I do? I just, I just kind of yielded to this process and let these people teach me God's word, right? And it was consistent, consistency. Bible truth being spoken into my life. Prayers, conversations, consistent. I'm making time in my schedule. They're making time in theirs. I see the authenticity of their lives. The word of God keeps working on me, working on me. And all of a sudden, conversion, right? God's love and God's word, God's people, God's spirit, unprecedented growth. And I say amen to that. And we need those moments. And we need to remember those moments. But here's the problem. So many of us, that's the last time we undergo a lot of that. We, we look back on that time and, and that, that's like a beautiful time. But then it, it's interesting. I've seen that oftentimes people struggle after they've been a, while, in a Christian a while to make the time for consistent interaction with the word of God in their lives. It's interesting. Think about the craziness you were involved in. Think about the crazy sin you were in. And consistency, the word of God, prayers, back and forth, in and out of your life. And all of a sudden changes. And then you start living as a disciple of Jesus. And then that, that, that process, you, you just stop doing that. You don't have the interaction as much. 
The Word of God isn't intentionally put into your lives as much. And you don't often maybe offer it to others. And all of those things that gave you the greatest transformation in your life, all of a sudden, you just kind of go, eh, I guess I don't really need it. That's what I see all over the world. I see people just looking back and not looking ahead or looking. God wants to work on you now. The Spirit wants to work on you, in you, and through you right now. But you got to believe that that's what's happening. You got to believe God's spirit wants to help you. And so honestly, I kind of, I, I kind of hit a, a little rut in my spiritual life. You know, I mean, hey, I've been at this for a while and I just felt like I, I was at a rut and I was kind of tired of seeing other brothers and sisters in a rut. And, and it's so interesting. The first time, every time I think I want to change in my life, I think, what do I need to start doing? Right? It's do, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this, do that. And I just started getting tired thinking thinking about. And then I get with people and I feel like they're burnt out spiritually sometimes, right? Like, I don't see the fire. Where's the fire? You know, and you want to manufacture it, but then it wanes. And I'm like, what is the deal, right? And I said, guys, I told the church, I said, look, man, I'm not going into another year doing the same old stuff. I'm sorry. I said, look, we need to fast and pray this year. Forget it. We just need to start the year. Forget about it. We fasting and, 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 well, Jeff, well, how are we going to do it? I don't know how we're going to do it. Let's just figure this thing out. And I just, I just started praying, God, just help me. I want to, I want to believe that you're working now. And I want, I want changes and metamorphosis and, to happen in me and my character now. And, and so I started praying and, and, uh, I, I, I've been, I was reading books about fasting and then I read one that kind of, and it introduced me to another, another book and it talked a lot about spiritual formation. And, and it's in it, in the simple definition, it's just a process of being formed into the image of Christ for the sake of others. I said, you know, I like that. That's simple. That's easy. I can remember that. And that's what I want. And that's what I want the church that I'm a part of to experience. I want this process to happen in us, not just when we were converted, but ongoing. I want to see this in our lives. And so we went for it. We just started praying and people were fasting, doing all kind of different types of fast. And it was, it, it, it started transforming my life. And I thought, I started thinking about, you know, even Jesus, the scriptures hint at, he had some type of kind of transformation even in his character. There are hints at it, right? When, when he's young, right? And Luke, you know, he, he goes back and he's, he, it says he, he grew and became strong, okay? The, even though Jesus, you go, oh, he was perfect, right? Well, yeah, but, he still had to grow, right? It, it, what about Hebrews 5, right? He had to learn things through through what he suffered. Wait, wait, so you're saying Jesus sinned and he had to be made? No, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying, his earthly maturation, he needed to mature. Even he needed some spiritual growth. If Jesus even undergone that stuff, I think we need to undergo that type of stuff. You know, and, and, and God could have just quickly zapped Jesus with all of that he needed. Why, why make him suffer and learn things? I, I think that's important for us, for you and I to, to realize that and to let that affect us and help us and help us grow. And, and, and this is something, I, this is a prayer. I, I read this prayer and I said, man, this prayer helped me. And I prayed this prayer over and over again. Think, think about this prayer. Gracious and loving God, you know the deep inner patterns of my life that keep me from being totally yours. You know the misformed structures of my being 
that hold me in bondage to something less than your high purpose for my life. You also know my reluctance to let you have your way with me in these areas. Hear the deeper cry of my heart for wholeness. And by your grace, enable me to be open to your transforming presence. Lord, have mercy. I read this day after day after day because I felt like this wasn't happening in my life the way I wanted to see it. And it wasn't happening in other people's lives the way they wanted to see it. And here's the deal. I started praying this and I started expecting change. Come on. Let's go. And then I forget it's a process. Hello. It's not instantaneous. We hate that. Don't you hate it? You know you hate it. That's who we are. We hate it. But hey, you know what it's like. We all got junk in us. We got messed up thinking. We got patterns in us. And you know what? I think of a guy in the Bible. Here's a guy that had God trying to reason with this guy to deal with him. You know who I'm talking about. Right? Why, why was Cain funky? He was funky, right? Right? The whole thing with the sacrifice, right? And his brother seemed like his brother was getting a little more love. Or, and whatever was in his heart. Was he jealous, envious, upset at God? We don't know the exact exact, but we know he was funky. And so God was like, Cain, hey, bro. What's up, man? Like, why are you so angry? Why do you have all these misformed structures in your heart? Why are you, what's, what are you holding on to? I want to help you with this. I want to meet you in that place of your anger. Right? If you do what's right, I mean, won't you be accepted? Just make the next decision. You've already done some, you're already funky. Your heart's in a, in a funky place. I'm not even going to hold that against you. Look forward. Just make the next decision. The next decision, just make a good one. And it'll be okay. I'm not going to hold over your bad decision before this. Just make a good decision now, Cain. I got you. Because if you don't, if you can't figure that out, if you won't meet me here, if you don't let me in where you are hurting and broken, if you don't let me in here, sin is waiting to get you. And then I'm, it's going to be hard for me, harder and harder for me. Dude, let's do this now. Meet me in this place, Cain. What an amazing God that we have. But what happened? Did it happen for Cain? No. Why? Because he was reluctant to let God have his way with that part of his heart. And that's where many of us can get to. And here's the deal. We don't, and here's the deal. A lot of us don't even have a plan to deal with our stuff. That's what I'm saying. A lot of us don't have a lot. We don't even have a thought of like, how do I deal with this? We just keep showing up on Wednesday and Sunday or however you do it here in L.A. I don't know how you do church, but hey, you can show up to a lot of stuff. You can sing a lot of songs and all that, but your misformed structures in your heart are still out there. And God wants to meet you in that place and he wants to work on you and in you and through you. But you're like doing this. And I see it all over the world. And I see, and then you know what happens to a ministry when you don't have this mindset, when you're not allowing this process to work on you? What happens is you're not spiritually minded. You're fleshly minded. you got a choice to make. 
You, it's a simple choice. Be of the spirit. Wake up and think spirit-led thoughts. Ask for God's spirit to lead you, to guide you, to help you. Have fellowship with the spirit. When we don't even have that, when that's not even in our spiritual vernacular, we're just by nature fleshly. That means we just look at people and we see people. And when you see people, guess what you see? Sin. A lot of times. Because that's who we are. We miss the mark. We fall short. And after a while, you start, then you, and you already know the junk you got. But you don't want nobody else to know. So you, but you project on everybody else the sin. And then all of a sudden, man, what's wrong with my ministry? See, that person, they, see, they don't do, it's too clickish or it's that. See, no, it's that. This person that does this. What about our leader? A leader needs to do this better. And then it, and it's all about that. But it's not about the spirit in you. And you in the fellowship with the Spirit, right? And I see it. Oh, and then guess what happens? When, when it's all about the flesh and what that person's doing and what that event on the calendar isn't there that you really want and whatever, and you start focusing on that stuff and you're not focused, then all of a sudden you just, you, you don't realize it. You've lost faith. You, you've lost faith that God can change things. And you get, you just get, you start circling the drain. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm tired. 22 years of helping single folks, and I've seen it. And, of course, the whole marriage thing can get funky with certain people, right? It happens. But I'm not going to sit here and spend all my time about talking about marriage. Or Here's the simple thing about the Bible. The, the Bible elevates marriage, has a high view of marriage and singleness. That's the truth. Simple as that. All right? He who finds a wife finds what is good. Amen. But guess what? If you get married, yeah, you might have a couple troubles too, Okay? Is that is that evil, wrong? No, no, it's being real, but it's got a high view of marriage. When you look at the Bible, you go, hey, man, the Bible says marriage is an incredible thing. It, it, it gives the, the world a view of the love of Christ for the church. I mean, what a great example. But singleness is highly valued, too, in the Bible. Hello? I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to just say that because I'm here at a singles conference. Wake up and read your Bible. There's a high view of singleness in the Bible. Yeah, marriage can help us see Jesus in the church, but what can singleness show? Singleness lived spiritually is an example to the world of the sufficiency of Christ. Your devotion to Christ and the sufficiency of it. That is a testimony to the power of God and to how he takes care of us. That your singleness can show the world that. And so, no, I'm not just going to sit here and talk about all this stuff because you should already know that. There's a high view of marriage and a high view of singleness. Let's not envy one or the other. Right? But here's the deal. We're all undergoing spiritual formation. Cain was, and so are you. So are you. I mean, either you're going to be an agent of God's healing and liberating grace, or you're going to be carriers of the sickness of sin in this world. Which one? We know which one Cain was, because <laughs> he went out and literally killed his brother. You gotta, you gotta put yourself under this process, alright, of yielding yourself to the Spirit of God. You know what I started doing first time in 20 something years as a Christian? I started meditating. You know what I'm saying? Not levitating, I said meditating. <laughs> if one day I levitate, forget it, I, I'm out, you know, I'm like, I, I'm done, I made it, you know. Um, because I just started realizing, like, I don't, again, you say, well, where do you start? Literally, I started with 
I need to just stop what I'm doing and listen for God. Okay? I'm a, I'm, hey, I'm an ICOC. I've been in the church. You know, hey, you, are you living up to this? Me- are you measuring up? Are you, are you, I've been there. Like, what are you doing? Are you, you're not doing it. You need to do, 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 do. And then I started thinking, hold up. Let me, let me, let me at least try to listen for the spirit of God. And I started at five minutes a day. I'd read my Bible, you know, and I'd take my notes and try to, try to, you know, get something from it. And then uh, after that, I'd set my timer and I just, I kind of have some quiet. It was, you know, before my kids woke up and all that stuff. And I would sit in this chair, you know, and I, and I would just, you know, try to, try to have it quiet, right? And, and, and then and, and it taught me how to say phrases. Like, you got to have your own phrase. Everybody's different. Or a scripture. But my thing was, I'm yielding to you now, God. I'm not in control of this situation. I'm yielding to you. Because, you know, your brain will start thinking all kind of stuff. And so those phrases draw you back to what you're doing. You know? I'm yielding to you right now. If you are speaking, I'm listening. Right? And guess what? Not every time, oh my gosh, you know, oh, I got the greatest lesson out of that. No, no, no. But sometimes, sometimes I did feel something, like a connection with God. Jeff, how do you define that? How do you know that's not, come on, man. All right? If you, if, if you don't believe in the supernatural, why are you here? Why, why, why are you here? Just because you can't see it or define it, you, it doesn't mean that it's not happening. Focus on what you can't see. That's the true reality. So I, I don't really know what, I don't know what was going on. But then five minutes became eight minutes. And then 13 minutes. You say, well, Jeff, what was happening? I'm going to tell you exactly what was happening. And I didn't realize this. But it's the same thing if you had a house or something and you wanted to, to build a porch on your house. You know what you do? You get some materials. You might hire somebody, whatever. And then it would take time, right? It's not going to happen the first day. You got to put the wood down. You might have to put some wiring in. You got the ceiling fan. You got the screen in port, whatever. You, but at some point, it's there. And it, it, but at one point, it wasn't there. But when you finished it, it was there. And so guess what? On a certain day, if you said, I would like to go out on my porch and have a little cup of coffee. Guess what? You could go on the porch because it's there. Here's the deal. All those times of meditation, what I didn't realize is I'd be in situations and it, I'd, I'd be feeling maybe anxious or, or maybe angry or something like that. And I would literally feel the, the place of my, my meditate. Like, and I would literally emotionally walk into that room. Like in the moment. My kid's driving me crazy, right? I'm, but I could, in that moment, go to that place where I've been with God. And I, and I can't even, kind of, I can't totally explain, but it helped me to be spiritual, genuinely and authentically in that moment. And I believe it's all those times added up together of just yielding to that process of stop trying to think I got to do, 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 do all the time, but let God work on me. We're all, that's, that's a catalyst of change in my life. If I'm going to try to change the world, do all this stuff, I got to let God work on me first. Or else I'm going to get burnt out like a lot of singles ministries all over the world. Not getting filled up with God, but trying to do it all. 
telling you, it can, it can take you out. It's a process of being formed, right? Guess what that means? You ain't doing it. I know the do-it-yourself, you know, United States of America. I know we don't give out no handouts. If you want to do something, you got to do it yourself. That's the kind of, that's who we are. Ah, that's, that's how we can, we can draw that into the church, man. But hey, it's, it, you're being formed. So you got to allow God to do his work on you. And a lot of us don't like that. We want to be in control. We want to, re- we want to read our Bibles and say, I know what's going to happen in this scripture. I already know what the scripture says. Even stuff like that. This is what I need to work on, so I'm going to do this. Well, what, have you asked the Spirit is that, if that's what you need to work on? Some people don't even pray before they open their Bible. And so I'm just, I'm just saying, like, pray before. God, use this, use what I'm going to read to be a catalyst of change in my life and you know, work on me. Pray before you read the Bible. That's what, that's what I've been learning to, I, I realize again, I wasn't, I was in control. I, I, it was me and what I was doing instead of just allowing God to do his work on me. And a lot of times God does his work on us when we are inconvenienced or life isn't perfect. And guess what? We don't often go to those places on our own. Just so you know, you like ease, comfort. Don't we all, right? What about this guy? You ever heard of Jesus? All right. What happened to him? He was led by whom? Into where? Hmm. Fun place or not fun place? Right? To be tempted, fun or not fun? By the devil. Wow. Good fellowship or bad fellowship? So again, you're thinking, like, I don't want that. I mean, how many of you want to hang out with the devil? Oh, hey, bro, that'd be great. No, no, no. But that's where the Spirit led him. Some of us don't want to let the Spirit to lead us to those. But that's where Jesus needed to be led. And after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Thank you, Matthew, for shedding some light on that for us. So the tempter came and said, hey, man, if you really are the son of God, man, just, just see the, see that stone, just turn it into bread. Just take control of the situation. Just do something. Do something to prove who you are. Do it. Do it. Make, make it happen. And, and notice that that's a big temptation. I don't like the situation I'm in. It must be something I need to do. But what does Jesus say? He's like, you know what? No, I'm not going to live on bread alone. In other words, I'm not going to do anything. You know what I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sit in this situation. Because God's spirit has led me here. And, and, and yeah, and the devil's probably, and why wouldn't it? I mean, I'm sure the devil's a great tempter. I don't think it just ended there. Oh, you're not going to do that. But you're hungry, Jesus. Aren't you hungry? Does God want you to be hungry? Why would God, who has all the resources, hold out on you? Don't you don't you want it? Tell me you don't want to eat bread right now. Tell me. That's not even true. You're lying. Don't you want to be back in Jerusalem or, or Capernaum or somewhere? Don't you want to hang out with your friends and get some, have a glass of wine? Something, Jesus? Come on, man. Don't tell me this. You want to be in isolation, Jesus. You like being isolated. 
Right? But Jesus, yeah, you know what? I don't, I don't like it, but that's where the Spirit has me. And I'm not going to take control of this situation because this obviously is what I need for me to grow into what I need to be for, for God <laughs> or t- for what I need to do for the world. This is my situation, and I'm not going to try to do something to get out of it. That's the mindset that I'm trying to learn how to have. And I think all of us need to learn how to have. Sometimes the life situation you're in, whatever it may be, may not be the fun, convenient, comfortable, providing you with all this ease, but maybe, just maybe, if you stop complaining, stop the bitterness, stop the cane-like funkiness, right? And just go, okay, this is where I am. God, what, what are you doing? What are you trying to do in my life? How can I grow? How can I become more of who you want me to be? I think too many of us are quick to try to get out of the wildernesses of our lives, but that's exactly where the spiritual growth was going to happen. In the final analysis, there is nothing we can do to transform ourselves. Do you really believe that, though? Because for a while, I don't know if I did. In the final analysis, there's nothing we can do to transform ourselves into persons who love and serve as Jesus did, except make ourselves available for God to do that work of transforming grace in our lives. Are you making yourself available for that process of being formed, or do you think you got to do stuff to make it happen all the time? How many of you are slowing down and literally listening for, God, what do you want me to do in my life? Or do you just figure out you got it figured out? And what does he want to do? What does he, he wants to make you in the image of Jesus. I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's what that goal is. I don't want to just be another version of me. I want, to, I, want, I want the power of Jesus in my life. That's what I want. I mean, but get, here's the problem. If he, wants to be, if he wants to make Jesus in me, then he's going to have to go to the places where I'm most unlike Jesus. Oh, man. Come on, man. I mean, why don't you take the stuff I'm good at and just, like, help me get, like, over the top? You know what I mean? I already got my bachelor's. Help me get that master's. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how we are with Jesus. You know, like, I don't want to. But, no, I want to, I want, I want to deal with you in your deceit. That's where I want to deal with you. Why do you feel like you have to do these things? In your, in your, in your sexual immorality. What is, what is it? It might be anything, but that's where Jesus wants to deal with us through the Spirit so that we can grow and that we can change. That's it. You know what the Bible says? Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ being formed in every single one of us. Again, Christ, He wants to work on us, in us, and through us, but we gotta be willing to give ourselves over to Him. And he's, he's going to confront you and he's going to consecrate you. What does that mean? That means he got to deal with your stuff, but he's going to make you all right. That's what I appreciate about, that's like Southern talk, I guess, right there, but whatever, you know. But don't you appreciate Paul? I was once a blasphemer and all that, but what happened? God still appointed me for service. That's beautiful. What does that mean? He dealt with it. He didn't just sweep it under the rug. He confronted it. He dealt with it, but he still helped him to be in his service. That's what Christ in us can do. That's beautiful. It's powerful. And it's not just for ourselves. It's for the sake of others. You know what I'm saying? Because here's the deal. Somebody can listen to this message. Man, Jeff's just telling everybody to just meditate. You know what I'm saying? We're supposed to be going out sharing our faith. We're supposed to be having Bible talks. 
yeah, are, the two are mutually exclusive? Excuse me? Here's the problem. A lot of you haven't fasted. Why? Because you, you just follow the world. And you like it. And you don't like going without. Spiritual growth happens when you go without. You don't want to go without. 90% of you in this room probably haven't fasted, even though Jesus said you would if you were a true follower of his, right? I mean, am I making that up or not? Because I've been, and in, in, in my life I wasn't doing it. And so I know how it is. You don't realize how in, in the world is all up in us. And we're self-consumed. And so that's why it's hard for us to do things for others. I'm telling you, if you allow this process to happen, you will have the type of love you need to have for others. Amen? When people start, like, walking behind you, that means you got to hurry up because it's almost done for me. I can see people walking, so I know i got to hurry up. You need to love your neighbor as yourself. It's in the Bible a lot, so read that, right? Amen? Cranking, baby. Cranking. All right, there you go. And the la- here's the deal. You don't need, don't settle for this whole, oh, it's about me and God. It's just me and God. It's this private thing. It's not. <laughs> I hope, I hope God works on you and I hope he works in you, but I hope he works through you to help other people. Okay. That's, that's what the spirit can do. He can help other people. Don't you want someone else to experience metamorphosis, changing their character, but, but God can use you now. Even if you think, well, that brother's weird. He's, he's awkward. Or this sister's socially awkward. And my, I don't even want to bring people to church because I don't like the person that I've become. And I don't want to bring somebody else into this thing. You know what that is? The flesh. You are, you have forgotten that when the spirit is there, it can be chaos, but when he comes, creation. From the first page of the Bible, the Holy Spirit can change any situation. And here's the deal. Some of you flat out don't believe it anymore. But you don't even realize you don't believe it anymore. And that's what's scary. Believe in the power of the Spirit to work on you, to work in you, and to work through you to change the world for Christ. Amen. I'm done. I'm out of here. There you go. You've just listened to the Elevate Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit elevatecoastal.com.